Amen. This morning, I want to take a moment and address the question, is Jesus risen from the dead? And I want to address that question by giving three reasons why it's reasonable to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's reason number one. It's reasonable to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ because an all-powerful God exists who can do miracles. Now, in order for someone to disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they must first prove that an all-powerful God does not exist, and that's impossible. There's many rational arguments for the existence of God, and we can see them in three simple questions in looking at the universe and mankind. Here they are. Can something come from nothing? Can there be a design without a designer? Can lifeless matter produce a moral, rational being? And the answer is no. Only an all-powerful, intelligent, and moral God could have created the universe and mankind. Now, if it's reasonable to believe that an all-powerful God can create the universe and mankind, and then it's reasonable to believe that he could raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Second, it's reasonable to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ because the New Testament is historically reliable. There's two ways to look at the New Testament, both externally and internally. First, the external evidence for the historicity of the New Testament. The New Testament has been confirmed through archaeology. Let me give you just one example. For years, people have mocked the Bible because it mentions Pontius Pilate. And they say, well, there's no evidence in archaeology of Pontius Pilate. Well, Antonio Frova put the mockers to silence. In Caesarea, they found a stone, and on that stone, it had the inscription of Pontius Pilate. And now scholars believe that Pontius Pilate existed, just as the New Testament said. Second, the New Testament manuscripts that we have have been proven historically reliable. Now, we don't have the original manuscripts for either the Old or New Testament. But though this is so, scholars have proven that the copies that we have of the Bible accurately portrays what is in the originals. Now, concerning the copies of the New Testament, there are over 5,600 Greek manuscripts for the New Testament. Three notable manuscripts, scholars point out, are almost entire Bibles. They are the Codex Vaticanus, the Codex Alexandrinus, and the Codex Sidiaticus. Scholars say that the gap between these copies and the original writings of the New Testament is only 250 to 300 years. Now, when compared to other ancient documents, this is amazing. Dr. Norman Geisler says, There are 643 copies of Homer's Iliad, and that is the most famous book of ancient Greece. No one doubts the text of Julius Caesar's Gallic Wars, but we only have 10 copies, and the earliest of those was a thousand years after it was risen, or excuse me, it was written. Sir Frederick Kenyon, the famous scholar and archaeologist, said the following, the interval then between the dates of original composition and the earliest extent evidence becomes so small to be in fact negligible, and the last foundation for any doubt that the scriptures have come down to us substantially as they were written has now been removed. Both the authenticity and the general integrity of the books of the New Testament may be regarded as finally established. There are also other ancient copies of the New Testament in different languages. When you add them to the Greek manuscript, the total, the total comes to 24,970. The gap between the New Testament documents and the amount of them is more than any other ancient document in history. The New Testament can also be reconstructed from early church writings. Scholars say that even if we had no manuscript copies of the New Testament, there are 36,000 scripture quotes from early church leaders who lived before 325 AD. If these quotes were put together, you can reconstruct the entire New Testament minus 11 verses. 
Second, the internal evidence for the historical reliability of the New Testament. The time between the completion of the Bible and the events of the life of Jesus is too short for a myth to develop. The 27 books of the New Testament were written around 50 to 96 AD. Out of these books, only 1st through 3rd John, the Gospel of John, and the Book of Revelation were written after 70 AD. Everything else was, uh, was written before. Now, Bible scholars say that Jesus died in 33 AD. This means that the majority of the Bible was written only 37 years after the life of Jesus. And when you add John's writings, it's only 63 years after the life of Jesus. That's too short for a myth to develop. Also, scholars say 1 Corinthians 15 was actually an ancient early creed that the early church would recite about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they have evidence that it was actually, um, you know, believed right after the resurrection of the Lord. So people can't claim that it was a myth that was made up after. The gospel writers were eyewitnesses, and, his, and um, they were eyewitnesses who wrote historical accounts. Both Matthew and John were disciples of Jesus and eyewitnesses of his life. Mark received the information from Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus and an eyewitness. Luke received his information from Paul, who was also an eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus. Now, concerning the credibility of the Gospels and the Gospel writers as eyewitnesses, the famous scholar Simon Greenleaf, who was a Harvard lawyer who wrote a textbook on legal evidence, he was actually converted to Christianity based on examining the Gospel witnesses and putting them under legal evidence. Um, Dr. Simon Greenleaf concludes the following. He says, the copies which have been universally received and acted upon as the four Gospels would have been received in evidence in any court of justice without the slightest hesitation. If we reject the Gospel witnesses, then you must reject every testimony in the court of law. There's evidence that the Gospel writers wrote historical accounts because they contain counterproductive material. For example, the personal flaws of Bible characters and authors were not omitted. The triumph of the religious and civil authorities over Jesus was not omitted. The testimony of a woman was not omitted. Now, during the first century AD, the testimony of women was not received, but yet the Gospels still have in there that the women were the first people to see Jesus raised from the dead. The controversial sayings of Jesus were not expanded or clarified. If the Gospels were not writing, writing historical accounts, then this counterproductive material would be omitted, but it was not. The New Testament is then historically reliable, and if we trust the New Testament, which claims Jesus rose again from the dead, and then you can, um, you know, and then you can trust any, you can trust us as you can any historical document. Now the third reason, lastly, it's reasonable to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it's the only logical conclusion based on the facts. First concerning Jesus' death, the Apostle John, who was an eyewitness, said in chapter 19 of his gospel, that Jesus was falsely accused, he was flogged, and then he was beaten. After Jesus was flogged, he was then sentenced to carry his cross up to Golgotha, which he could not do because of weakness. Once Jesus got there, he was then crucified, which crucifixion has been confirmed through archaeology as well. Jesus hung on the cross and suffered until 3 p.m., which at that time he released his spirit and died. Later in the day, because of the coming Sabbath, the Roman soldiers went to break the legs of the crucified victims, which would cause them to quickly suffocate. The soldiers broke the legs of the two men who were crucified around Jesus, but they did not break Jesus' legs because he appeared to be already dead. 
Now, in order to verify that Jesus was physically dead, they pierced his right side, in which blood and water came out, proving to them that he was actually dead. Now, I point these things out because people have made suggestions that Jesus Christ did not really die on the cross. Well, this is illogical. Some people say, well, it's the swoon theory. Jesus passed out as a result of a drug-induced coma, and then after three days in the tomb, he woke up, rolled away the large stone, defeated the Roman soldiers, and then appeared to his disciples. Impossible. The other theory is that Jesus never even existed. Also, some people say, as the Muslims, if he did exist, he didn't die on a Roman cross. Well, as I said, these are illogical. First, non-Christian historians who lived within 150 years of Jesus said that Jesus of Nazareth really existed and died on a Roman cross. One of these is Tacitus, who was a first century Roman historian. He said, Consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures of a class of hated for their abominations, called Christians by the populace. Christius, or Christ, from whom the name had its origin, suffered, at the, uh, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the right hand, or excuse me, at the hand of one of our procurators, Pontius Pilate, and a most mischievous, uh, mischievous superstition thus checked for the movement again broke out. So Tacitus claimed that Jesus Christ died on a Roman cross. Second, medical evidence proved that Jesus Christ was dead. In 1986, the Journal, the journal of, American, of the American Medical Association said the following, Clearly, the weight of historical and medical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead before the wound in his side was inflicted and supports the traditional view that the spear thrust between his right rib probably perforated not only the right lung but also the cardium and thus um, thereby ensured his death. Accordingly, interpretations based on the assumption that Jesus did not die on the cross appear to be at odds with modern medical knowledge. Lastly, the Roman soldiers would not have taken a living person off the cross. They knew when people were dead, and they knew that Jesus Christ was dead. So it was logical to believe that Jesus died on the cross. Now, concerning the empty tomb, the Bible says that on Friday before sundown, Jesus was taken off the cross, wrapped in linens with spices, and then placed in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. The tomb, Matthew adds, was covered with a large stone, sealed with a Roman seal, and then guarded by soldiers. Early Sunday morning, when the women came to the tomb, they found the stone rolled away and Jesus' body not there. Later, the disciples heard that Jesus rose again, and they came to the tomb, and they found the tomb empty. Jesus was not there. The question arises, where was Jesus' body? Well, the Bible says that Jesus rose again from the dead, and for a period of 40 days, he revealed himself alive by many infallible proofs. Now, some reject this as they do the death of Jesus, and as I'll show you, their theories are illogical. First, some say, well, the women and the disciples went to the wrong tomb. And therefore, they thought that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Well, this theory is illogical because the Roman authorities who sealed the tomb of Jesus could have went to the correct tomb and proven that Jesus Christ was really still in there. People say, well, his followers didn't see him resurrected. They only hallucinated well, this theory is illogical because the New Testament says that Jesus was on earth at different times for 40 days. During the 40 days, the Bible says that he made at least 12 different appearances. One notable appearance, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, was that over 500 people saw him at once. Concerning the appearances of Jesus, the gospel writers say that people touched and they ate with Jesus. They were not hallucinating. Some say, well, Joseph of Arimathea stole the body 
of Jesus. This theory is illogical. First, why would he want Jesus' body? If he was a disciple, he had no use of a dead body. If he was not a disciple, well, then he could have proven Christianity false. Also, when did Joseph of Arimathea steal the body of Jesus? We're told there that he was a Jew, and so he wouldn't come on Saturday, which was the Sabbath. The Roman soldiers guarded the tomb until Sunday morning, and then on Sunday morning, the women were there before dark. He had no time to steal it. And if he did steal it, you know, um, we know that the body has never been found. And so that theory is illogical. The body of Jesus has never been found because he rose again from the dead. Some people say, well, the Romans or the Jews stole Jesus' body. This is illogical because both the Romans and Jewish religious leaders tried to stop the spread of Christianity by persecution. If they had Jesus' body, they could have proven Christianity false. The last and the most common argument is that the disciples stole Jesus' body. Well, this is illogical because all of Jesus' disciples' lives were changed because they saw Jesus Christ alive from the dead. The disciples went from cowards who fled when Jesus was crucified to after they saw Jesus raising him from the dead, their lives were changed radically. They were willing to live a life of poverty, of mocking, and of persecution, and all of them besides the apostle John were martyred. They were killed for the testimony that Jesus Christ saved them of their sin and rose again from the dead. People say, well, that's foolishness. Who cares? The Muslims die for what they believe. And is their faith true? Well, there's a difference between the Muslims and the Christians. The Muslims are dying for something that they, that they believe is true. But if, if the disciples stole Jesus' body, they will be dying for something that they know for a fact was not true. And people don't do that. If they really didn't see Jesus Christ alive from the dead, they wouldn't have lived lives of suffering, and they wouldn't have been willing to die. It would only have taken one to say, it was a lie, it was made up, but they all were willing to die because they saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead, and they knew that if they were killed, if they were beheaded or crucified, they would be with Jesus Christ in heaven. It is, in closing, it is both philosophically historically and logically reasonable to believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. The only thing left is faith. Not blind faith, but faith in reason. If you're not a believer here this morning, it's reasonable for you to put your faith in the gospel, which is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right.